2: we don't get this. The Bible is active, it's powerful, it's relevant, and it's alive. You see, these words have already gone into your hearts today. God's been speaking to you. Whoa, I can make a difference. I have to be filled with the Spirit. Man, I kind of got lukewarm and got away from God. I need to be refreshed and refilled yet. What did that pastor say? I have no chance to go to heaven? Whoa, I better think about getting saved.
0: The problem that non-Christians, and unfortunately many Christians, have is that they believe that the words in the Bible are just words. While they're not magic or anything like that, it's the fact that these words were written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that the Holy Spirit is the one who makes the words of Scripture come alive. You'll hear that without the influence of the Holy Spirit, the words of the Bible are just words. But with the Holy Spirit opening your eyes, those simple words become life-giving truth. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. You'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Timothy chapter 6 as he continues his message, Under His Influence, Mission Possible.
2: Your lessons now I want you to turn to the Old Testament. only time we're going to be in the Old Testament today. The book of Isaiah, chapter 55. That's about halfway through your Bible, maybe two-thirds through the Old Testament. Just so, Isaiah, chapter 55. And you can write, as you're getting ready then, number three. We need to learn, live, live. And share the word of God. Learn, live, and share the word of God. Isaiah 55, go down to verse 10. As the rain and snow come down from heaven. Well, let me just stop right there. How many remember snow? How many glad you're in Florida? Hallelujah. I was watching television the other day and I saw this picture. I went, what in the world is that? And it was eventually, it was all white. And eventually, I discovered what it was. It was the Denver Baseball Stadium. They were supposed to have a World Series kind of a deal there. And they couldn't because it snowed. They had to put it off for the next day. How many are glad you're not in those days? Um, Hallelujah. Nice to be cool a little bit, right? Except for the mothballs that you smell with each other. But other than that, it's okay. So when rain and snow come down, is there any effect on the world? All kinds of effect. Plants, water, look what it says. When rain and snow come down from heaven, they do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. The Bible that goes out from my mouth, your mouth. It will not return to me empty, God says, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You see, when we share God's word, It's just as effective as rain and snow. As water from the sky impacts everywhere it falls and causes things to grow physically, the Word of God, when we teach it, when we share it, when we live it, it impacts lives. So we have to read it, we have to share it, we have to teach it, we have to preach it, because it never returns void. Now this you don't need to write. Sometimes we don't get this. The Bible is active, it's powerful, it's relevant, and it's alive. You see, these words have already gone into your hearts today. God's been speaking to you. Whoa, I can make a difference. I have to be filled with the Spirit. Man, I kind of got lukewarm and got away from God. I need to be refreshed and refilled again. What did that pastor say? I have no chance to go to heaven? Whoa, i Better think about getting saved. You see, the word never returns void. You say, well, sometimes, Pastor Mark, when I share it, I, I, I don't really know that it, it makes any effect. No, some plant, some water, some work around in a person's life. I never know. But I can just tell you this. When you walk through a field in the summer and you get them little stickies all over you, remember those sticky things, weeds? And they're all, you come in and go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> When you and I share the word, it's sticky all over people. Because God's working on them. He's always working on them. Because the Bible is alive. It never returns void. Sometimes when I teach, I look at the result and I go, Are they getting it? Because some of you are like. "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." You're thinking about the ball game. I should have never mentioned that. And on the World Series, whatever. But I know it never, what, returns void. It's not really regular, but it, it happens quite often. When I give an altar call at the end. And it's not just about that. It's about all our life changing. Few people come. Lots of people come. Sometimes hundreds of people come. And then sometimes somebody will be about ready to close. Everybody's gone. We had this happen recently. Two people went to their cars, got in their cars, got out of their cars, and came back in and said, I gotta get saved. Hallelujah. Now, how did that happen? Did I follow him with my little mic? Come on, you gotta get saved. You gotta get saved. You gotta get saved. You gotta get saved. Gotta get saved. No, because the word is what? It's alive. And it's not just me sharing it, it's you sharing it. Remember, don't worry about the result. That's up to God. But it's alive. It never returns void. It transforms people's lives. Well, this happened 30 years after Pentecost. In that section of the world, notice what happened because the people were filled with the Spirit. They were sharing the word. They were making converts. They were making disciples and they were growing themselves. Look what it says in Colossians 1.6. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your life from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. How did that happen? Because the people didn't do it in their own power and wisdom and strength. They didn't do it with dead religion. The greatest need in the world today is for the church, every single believer, to be filled with the spirit and the power of God and sharing the truth of the word of God. That's how it happened, And that's how it's going to happen in our lives today. God wants to change our world. He wants to take back individuals. He wants to take back marriages. He wants to take people that have been captured in sin and free them and bring them back to Him. And that will only happen by being filled with the Spirit of God. Now, I have to share one thing with you. We talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, of course, in this series. And that's very important. But there always has to be a balance between the power of God... And the word of God. The power. You have some churches that are too much into the power of God. Very little of the word. We have other churches that don't want to have anything to do with the power of God. and, And they're just into great teaching. No, there needs to be a balance. Listen to Thessalonians. It says this. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, God's word, but with power. Jesus said this, you are an heir because you do not know the scriptures and you do not know the power of God. What made the first century church powerful? What will make us powerful? It's simply this, it's the spirit of God working through the word of God in the hearts of the people of God. That's how it works. It's the spirit of God and the word of God in you, people of God. You are making a difference. Number four, if we're going to make a difference, we have to be people of faith. Number four, we have to believe all things are possible with God. You know this verse. You can kind of finish it as I begin it. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Now, we can say that till the crows come home. But do we believe it? You see, God never asks us to do something that's impossible for us to do with his strength. I have to have a can-do attitude. I love this verse in Mark. One day, somebody came to Jesus with a need, and he says, if you're willing or if you can. Notice what Jesus says in Mark chapter 9. I'll read it to you. Jesus says this, what do you mean if I can? I love that. Can you imagine going to Jesus and Jesus says, I want you to do this. Well, can you really do it through me? What do you mean if I can? The problem is, it's not me. He's the one responsible for doing it through me. Amen? We have to have a can-do attitude. That is what's going to change our life. Now, as you think about that, just remember today, it's impossible to please God. Without faith. I have to believe he can do. Hudson Taylor said this, God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. So don't think about, well, how is Nana's house going to happen? You see, it wasn't just those guys. It was hundreds of people that were doing things. They were out there doing the things that were happening. Now, see, if I would have driven by Nana's house and it needs a roof, I'd just keep right on driving. Because if you put a hammer and a nail or anything in my hand, I'm an idiot. I couldn't build anything. If you, till Jesus comes, I would still never be able to do it. But many of you could do those things. See, it took hundreds of people to do that. So, if you asked me to go in and do the plumbing... (laughs) What a joke. But when I drove by, there was one thing I can do. I went in and did the dedication. You see, that's what I'm gifted to do. But I dedicated a house that was put together by hundreds of can-do people. That's who you are. We all have different gifts. It works together. Can you imagine me saying, this is my church. Look at what I built. You wouldn't want to stand too near me. because Be over with. It's not about you. Notice the verses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The power is not you. It's God working through you. Number five. We have to pray for open eyes, open doors, and change lives. James chapter 4 says this. You do not have because you do not ask God. I was listening to something, and maybe this will stimulate your juices. I was listening to something this week in one of the programs. And this young lady said, in our church, we begin praying for men of marrying age that had never been Christians, that they'd start coming to our church so they could get saved and they could be husbands for the future. She said, you know what happened in our church? All kinds of men started coming to our church and got saved. And now they're marrying all these people. Some of you ladies that are single, I want to hear a amen. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Maybe you came this morning and you're a guy and you're going, I'm out of here. I don't want to get married. That's not what I can. No, relax. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But you know, when I heard that, something stimulated my heart. I would have never thought about praying for something like that. See, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Pastor Mark, nobody ever asked me, nobody ever asked me about Christ. I never have an open door. Nothing, there's never anything. I have friends that get in line and they're in public and five people are saved before they can check out. But that's not me. You know why? You have not because you ask not. When I pray, something happens. When I don't pray, nothing happens. I want to challenge you with that. All through the book of Acts, prayer is so intimate with it. Number six, I have to attempt great things for God. Notice 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. You see, we have to step out And we have to try things. Vance Hafner said this, The vision must be followed by the venture. It is not enough to stare up the steps. We have to step up the stairs. You see, when God begins to give us vision, we have to follow through with it. You and I have to attempt Great things for God. Now, the enemy is always going to say, you're going to fail, it's not going to work, it won't happen. No, we have to attempt great things for God. It can't be that William Carey said this, expect great things from God and then attempt great things for God. In the book of Acts, you remember, they said, God, give us boldness. And then the next verse says this, after they prayed, the place was shaken where they were meeting and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. See, they ask to do great things. They prayed about it and God did it. Do that in your life. Now all these things today fit into our five C's that we have. Do you remember them? This is what this church is built on. Everything I've talked to you today fits in here. Commit your life. Be a follower of Jesus Christ. Celebrate it. There's nothing greater than watching God work in your life. Things that you could never do. Prayer is simply dependence on God. So is the Holy Spirit. Next, connect. You have to connect with people. See, the world is not about me. It's about me connecting with all kinds of people. In Nana's house, it's about those kids that never would know the love of God. And then somebody got involved. And then, of course, communicate. We have to share the good word. People, those a hundred and some thousand people that died today, how many ever heard the good news? And last, how is that going to happen? We contribute all kinds of ways. You know, the Bible says in the book of Matthew, if I give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, it doesn't have to be complicated, but we have to attempt great things and be used by God. We need to make a difference physically, emotionally, and spiritually. On a Wednesday night, we had an afterglow service where we were filled with the Spirit of God. At the end of that service, God gave us a prophecy. A prophecy is simply, as we know from 1 Corinthians 14, it's just a gift given by God. And God spoke to Calvary Chapel on our campuses Any prophecy you get must match the word of God. This prophecy did. I don't want any money moving now for a few moments. I'm going to show you the prophecy. If you call this your home church, here, Melbourne, Sebastian Vieira, even on the internet, this is your home church. This prophecy is for you. From God specifically. I am your God. God. You have received tonight what I promised. This promise is for you and for your children and for those people afar off, as I will call. Now my promises to you, as Calvary Chapel, have not ended. You've been placed in this world to be a light and salt. A few years ago, I spoke to you about putting down those tent pegs down deep. Let me explain what that was. A few years ago, in one of my quiet times, God spoke to me out of Isaiah 54. And it was about enlarging your tents. And if you're going to enlarge a tent, you have to make sure the tent pegs go down deep. Because you can't make them the same, because as it enlarges, it'll just collapse. So God spoke to us. Enlarge tent meant he was going to add more people. And we had to be spiritually deep in him. And one of the things that we weren't good at was prayer. And so we spent a whole time, weeks and weeks and weeks, talking about prayer being dependent on him. Well, notice we did that. And by the way, that prophecy in Isaiah 54, when God gave that to us, was before we had Viera and Sebastian. So those of you that are sitting at Vieira this morning, and those of you that are at Sebastian You're the fulfillment of the prophecy that was given to Melbourne. Does God keep his promises? If we do our part, absolutely. Notice we continue. God says, you've done that. I like that because he knew we did it. You've done that. Notice the next sentence. Continue to do it. We're not through. Continue to ground yourself in me, and I told you to get ready to expand the tents because the world is searching for meaning and purpose that can only be found in my son, Jesus Christ. So get ready. It has just begun, and you will need the power of the Spirit under his influence to fulfill the work that I've called you to do. Now this work is not called and focused on a man that was spoken right to me. But on your God, the God who equips and calls, and the God who empowers you. So leave this building today, knowing that the promises of God are true, and amen. He will do in you what he said. Do not leave today on your own strength. Do not leave today expecting in your own flesh to do what I've asked you to do. But as I promised, and let me just say this to you, God never breaks a promise. But as I promise, my spirit will be in you and you will take the good news to the nations of the world, not just Florida. Some of you will be called from this service. I believe that night, and I believe when people read this, God begins calling people to be missionaries and do whatever. We just sent a young gal from our body as a teacher in China. She's a missionary, not known to the Chinese, but a missionary. Just a person sitting out there just like you. See, God called her. She expected to do great things from God. Remember it. God is going to do a new thing in Calvary Chapel of Melbourne and our campuses. Notice, for his glory and his honor. Now walk in the spirit of the Lord and no longer walk in the futility of your flesh. Let your spirit be controlled by me. And the things that will happen will bring glory and honor to the only one that's worthy of praise. That was God's word to you, to me. That means he's aware of what's happening here. It's his church. It's no man's church. It's not the elders' church. It's not my church. And he has a plan for us. It's called Mission Possible. But it can only be done as every single one of you capture his heart and are filled with the Spirit. Begin bathing it in prayer. Ask God to give you visions. And dreams, things that would match the principles of the Word of God. It says in the last day, those things will come. I believe we're here where God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could even ask or think. He wants to change our world through you and through me. We want to turn Brevard County and Indian River County upside down for God, but that will only happen. That will only happen as we're fully reliant on the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught about the need for you to learn, live, and share God's Word. You were reminded that there's no other way for people to be saved than by hearing God's Word proclaimed. Pastor Mark advised you that unless you're willing to get into God's Word and have God's Word get into you... That you won't be much used to God's kingdom. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests. At 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This ends Pastor Mark's teaching series called Under His Influence. Pastor Mark had a lot to say about the necessity for the Christ follower to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And we hope that his words have both encouraged and challenged you to deepen your walk with God. We trust that you'll call these words to your remembrance and put them in action in your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.